One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I heard that a lot when my mom died. Be kind to yourself. And I wasn't quite sure what it actually meant. Stop beating yourself up about things. Allow yourself to feel. Some things live in your bones. And I think that's your parents dying, someone you love dying. It stays with you. Welcome to Grief Encounters with me, Sasha Hamrogue. And I'm Venetia Quick. We're a weekly podcast that looks at an issue that affects us all and yet remains so difficult to talk about. We'll be chatting to guests from all walks of life on the subject of death and all that comes with it. Our main aim is to motivate, comfort and create a modern space for people to share their own experiences. Could you think of someone that could benefit in listening? Tell them about Grief Encounters out every single Tuesday. This week's episode of Grief Encounters is a little bit different as we got to speak to two different women for the podcast. Now, in the first interview, we meet the UK writer Kieran Sadu and she spoke to us about the role social media played for her following uh, the loss of her mother. And then we also had the pleasure of speaking to Jean Sutton. She wrote an article for Image magazine called Why You Shouldn't Judge Other People's Grief. Now, both interviews, I think, had similar themes. I think they gave us a very good insight into the role social media plays when it comes to grief, whether it's somebody in the public eye, whether it's a personal thing, how much should we share, should we not share? And I suppose as well, the fact that social media can connect people again Mm. and bring people back together when somebody else has gone. Yeah, I mean, there's no end to this conversation. I mm. feel like you could talk about it for hours and hours because it really is fascinating. Mm. It's kind of really changed how we, first of all, how we announce that someone has I passed. I was just about to say that. Like now you look online, you look yeah. at RIP.ie. Yeah. Back in the day, you used to look in the Irish Times, the Herald or the Indo. Yeah, but Whereas, now you, yeah it's, yeah, it's evolved past that. And then sharing condolences is something that we do online. Honoring our loved ones is something that we do online. Her article that she wrote about her mom was how we keep kind of grief a dirty little secret mm, and it how, goes back to the stigma thing exactly again, and how you don't want to let the world know how sad you really are and she looked to some groups to find some solace which a lot of people do as well we obviously um, had Colette Byrne on here mm. who started a resource for people online as well um, because a lot of people do feel like there's something wrong with them and I think something that I found very interesting recently was talking about the fact that there is nothing wrong with you this is natural mm. You, mm. You, feeling sad and feeling stuck and feeling physical pain and emotional pain all those things there's nothing wrong with you um it, it's all part of the process and finding other people online it's really opened that up for but people. i think we've discussed that a, a good bit as well about the whole when you lose somebody very close to you it's sort of you become a member of like 
a sort of little no. club. It's like when you have, if you have a baby yeah. and you're the first one, second one in your group of friends, the people with babies will automatically gravitate yeah, towards each exactly. other and that's just the way it is. Yeah. So I, I think what we've sort of ascertained, what we've gleaned from most people, that it can be, it's like this, it's, you're, sep- you're different. Yeah. And I think that, you know, online resources and also reaching out online brings other people together, especially on Twitter, I found as well. Like yeah. other people come out of the woodwork yeah. feeling the same yeah. thing. But there's also, there might be days when you've lost someone particularly close to you, or th- of course there are days, or there might be evenings when you're sitting at home and you're just going and you think, you know, I'm going to put a picture up or mm. you just, something's been on your mind all day, so you start something. And then, because you get the reaction immediately, it's like somebody else is feeling the same way yeah. or somebody else is feeling my pain or yeah. it's sort of. And I don't think it's a self-indulgent thing. I think it's just a need to share how you're feeling without picking up the phone and chewing the ear off everyone. Of course. And I think also when you see someone else love the person you've lost mm. and, and write a comment that says, I miss that person too, or weren't they, didn't they have a great laugh? Or I really wish they were still here. Mm. I mean, those kind of things are very powerful. And so, yes, there's a lot of negative aspects of social media in our lives. And everybody, we all know about that. Mm. But there's also some, when it comes to grief, there can be some really positive things as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's sort of, from my point of view, I reconnected with so many people who were able to tell stories about Martin that I didn't know. One thing happened, like that actually somebody that I work with turned around and a friend of his knew Martin really well and had photos of him when he was in boarding school age 12 and I'd never seen those photos before so about six months after Martin died this guy turned around to me in work and went oh come here my mate showed me these and they're photos of Martin bunking off school (laughs) age 12 in a wood somewhere with other guys that don't know what they were doing and I'd never seen oh, these that, pictures before. That is absolutely incredible. And that I don't must know have if felt, he ever yeah. actually saw these pictures before. So that was sort of something that would not have happened without the internet or Facebook. When you send someone a mm. photo or something that that person touched or was part of and the person who's grieving has never seen before, that moment is so precious. It totally opens up a whole world of discovery in that way. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that that happened. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There are many schools of thought as to what the correct way to grieve is, which is a question that has no right or wrong answer. That said, the way we grieve and remember our loved ones has changed significantly in recent years as we spend more time living online. Our guest today is the fantastic London writer Kieran Sidhu, whose piece A Dirty Secret Called Grief, written for The Guardian, has been shared over 80,000 times since its release. So how do you think the internet is changing the way we grieve and is that a positive or a negative thing? Well, I can only speak from my own experience. And for me, it's been an incredible thing. I've had people connect with me from all over the world. People who have just had a devastation and we've been connected through this life-changing, devastating experience. So for me, that's, it's been a really positive thing. Just so you know, I mean, I'm so, so excited to be talking to you because in my early stages of grief after having lost my mother, um, mm-hmm. your article was sent to me um, <laughs> in the way that those articles are sent kind of yeah. privately. Yeah. They're not shared on they're not shared on Facebook with someone else. They're more kind of secretly shared yeah. and they don't know if you're ready or not, but they send you something and they just say this might this might help or this might be of interest to you. And I read your piece and it had a really, really huge impact on me in helping me feel a little bit of validity. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's good also because people no longer feel they're isolated in their pain. When my mother died, one of the first things I did was look on the internet because I needed to connect mm. with someone who knew what I was going through. And I think that's what my article really did. It just meant that someone didn't have to be isolated in their pain. And even if they didn't feel like they could articulate it, they could just log on and read an article. I think as well, Kieran, that there's this thing, obviously, at the moment where people are sort of might be anti social media sites and Mm. social media sharing. But from my own experience, I found that Facebook, I found it a very supportive avenue or medium Mm. however you want to call it because I had messages people constantly still get in touch with me that I mightn't see on a day-to-day basis that might be friends that I knew years ago that live on the other side of the world that are reaching out and the main way they can do it is on Facebook and while Mm. that might be public to a certain degree it's also some sort of an acknowledgement that my husband existed that he too had a Facebook page and his name his Facebook page is still going but that they can mention him and it brings other people in to remember perhaps small things like if it's one of the kids birthdays or Christmas or one of the big events or just maybe one day you're missing him and you might put up a picture and other people will suddenly go do you know what I'm feeling that too today and it brings you together yeah it almost gives permission for you to be able to feel to feel that and to share that almost because other people are doing it or acknowledging it and sometimes I guess if you don't have the words you can just put up a picture and someone knows that you're thinking about your mum or your, your husband his past. After I read your article, um, when I, when my mother died, I also did a Google search because both my parents died of lung cancer, and I I did mm. one of those like bizarre like by myself like anyone out there that has also lost two parents to lung cancer, you know, yeah. and then, and there was nothing there was nothing there. So what I did was I wrote an article myself that the Guardian yeah. the Guardian also published. But what was really interesting for me was that so I kind of spoke about like unconditional love from parents. Mm. And what was very interesting was I learned so much from the amount of people that responded about how many people don't have that. Yeah. Um, And so what I thought was really interesting about the whole process of opening my story out there was that I actually learned a lot about the world around me and that not everyone had Mm. what I was lucky enough to have. Do you find because so many people have shared this that you've learned a lot about yourself through it? Yeah, I actually wrote that article with a very open heart and with great honesty. I, I was... I showed my vulnerability. I think it tapped into and communicated something so deep within us, so deep that we don't actually talk about it. That's why people reconnected to it. Mm. And I think people shared it because they thought, well, I don't want to pretend anymore. Mm. I don't want it to be a secret anymore. It kind of lifted the lid on the subject. I mean, I wrote that article in 2015. And still every month I'll have um, a handful of people contacting Mm. me to tell me that their mother has died from cancer and I firstly found it quite strange that strangers contacting me at the most vulnerable Mm. um, almost handing me their broken heart but Mm. it's a place of great privilege and honour I think we all wanted to talk about it but no one was talking about Mm. it and then when the article came out everyone was open I thought well you know they shared it because I thought I don't want to pretend anymore this is what I'm going through. Isn't that the thing though because when something like this happens you can be around so many people who you love dearly, but at the same time, you're so on your own. Yeah. You're just 
really searching for somebody that knows what you're thinking, that knows what you're going through, because you feel separate. You're different now to your friends. Yes, yes. And I think that's because it's an online article. It's not like a closed book. You know, it's written in 2015. It's still live and it's easily accessible. And I think we all have an inherent need to be understood, especially at our most vulnerable stages in our lives. I know when my mother died, I just wanted someone to tell me that they knew what I was feeling. They had been through it, or I'm going to be fine. I needed to have that connection. And I, myself, logged on online to find the person who who could tell me something, tell me that what I was feeling was okay, and tell me that they understood my pain. And I think that's an inherent need we all have. I've wondered this. Um, how do you think your your mom would feel if she knew about how many people uh, you've helped? I often think about that. Um, my mother was a very compassionate woman, and she was she had great emotional intelligence. Um, she cried openly at things. I don't know, X Factor or something. <laughs> you know, she she was she cried easily. She's a very sympathetic, empathetic person. And I know that my mum would be so proud of this. I almost can hear her say, Kieran, you must do something with your pain. You must do something with it Mm. and help people with it. And I know she'll be so proud. And it's really strange. When I knew I was doing this interview, um, the first person I wanted to tell was my mother. Mm. When you are in that moment when you're looking online for kind of some support, you maybe have exhausted some of your options, the people around you, um, just because mm. grief can be so isolating. And, and you, exhausting. And exhausting. And people around you, it's a very hard thing to talk about, but empathy runs out. Was that kind of the case that you felt as though, because I think it's important to talk about the loneliness that leads you to look for online communities and stuff because you yeah. are so isolated by the lack of empathy. And I don't mean that to sound as harsh as it no, does. No, it's but, true. Mm. It's true. And it's good that we're talking about this, honestly. Yes, um, empathy and compassion does run out. I was very aware of my sadness. Um, mm. I was very aware of uh, how draining it was on me and others as well. You know, no one said that to me, but you become aware of that. Mm. Because but you can sort of feel it, though, yeah. from the point of view of, you know, so-and-so doesn't call around as much yeah. maybe anymore. They don't text. It's almost people like people are scared. It's like, how will they be? Yeah, know, and will they have one drink and burst into tears or will they be mm. fine? And people think um, grief has a time limit. And maybe I thought that before my mother died as well. I think you, it's something you really have to go through to understand it. Um, I remember my first Christmas without my mum. You know, my mother passed away on Christmas Eve. Mm. So I remember the first Christmas, everyone, well, not everyone, some people sent me Christmas cards and have a great Christmas. And I was thinking, how could you, this is the first anniversary mm. of my mother's death, how yeah. could I have a great Christmas? And obviously they weren't thinking or it wasn't done maliciously, but you, you do become very sensitive to these things. How do you manage when something people like sort of, it's not that they forget, but they might temporarily, it isn't the front of their mind and it might seem mm. to you that, oh, they're brushing it under the carpet. Mm. Yeah, unless you've been through something like this, it's hard to comprehend. You just need to do things your way, whatever helps you. I think at the heart of the uh, dirty secret called grief is a kindness Mm. Um, your kind of a permission and a kindness and offering other people so that being kind to yourself yes absolutely um, I heard that a lot when my mum died be kind to yourself and mm. um, I wasn't quite sure what it actually meant um, but yeah you, you stop beating yourself up about things allow yourself to feel it's okay you know something tragic and awful has happened to you 
you don't get over things like that. Some things live in your bones, and I think that's one of those things. Your parents dying, someone you love dying, mm. it, it stays with you. Kieran, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Um, it's been such a pleasure to speak to you, and uh, as I said, your words have been very powerful and helped an awful lot of people. Thank you. Thank you for talking thank to me you. and thinking of me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for a safe haven to express how you feel, share articles, photos, and memories of your loved ones, join the Grief Encounters Facebook group, a place for support, compassion, and empathy for those grieving. We're now delighted to be joined in studio by the incredible Dublin-based writer, Jean Sutton. Jean, you wrote a piece for Image magazine outlining why people shouldn't judge other people's grief. Um, is this something that you've encountered in the past? Yeah, well, I kind of grew up on social media, really. Um, when I got to college, Facebook was the big thing. Mm. And before that, everyone was been texting on their phones. So Bebo, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that's been a large part of my social life yeah. mm. in ways and keeping in touch with people. And some people would recoil at the fact that like it's a way people express grief and mm. um, posting pictures of people a lot of anniversaries but I think it's really nice in mm, a way yeah. and it reminds other people you know that somebody is having a hard day if they post a picture of their mum a few years mm. after the fact and um, a family member and it's just nice to keep memories alive so I don't think it's as vulgar as some people mm, would yeah. like, you know it's not very much in the Victorian mode of grieving <laughs> but I think it's a nice modern habit, to be mm. honest. But it's also, I think, as well, from my own experience with Facebook in particular, I would have friends who wouldn't know my husband that live in the States or they live in um, Denmark or anything. Mm. And just every so often, it's sort of nice that it feels like they're there because it's such a small community. If you put something up on Facebook to mark whatever, six months or 11 months or whatever. And yeah. it sort of brings everybody back in and together and people sort of come together. There's also one dark side to it in that the social media companies kind of have ownership of the pages. And mm. if someone dies, getting their page taken down. Like I saw one page of someone who passed and it was quite a low key 
it was a very tragic death and the family wouldn't be public. And on her page, a few months after she had died, someone wished happy birthday, who'd mm. obviously hadn't heard about mm. her passing. And that was really dark to me. Jean and I, have we followed each other on social media for a long time. Yeah. We actually didn't know each other in real life. You were my we, neighbour. Yeah, exactly. We turned out to be neighbours and we went on a blind date coffee one time. Yeah. Um, which is a really cool um, element of social media because I think we realised that we kind of were into some of the same stuff. But you've obviously followed the journey of me posting quite a bit about my parents, um, which is something that I always feel a little bit embarrassed about, if I'm being honest. Sometimes right before I do it, there's a little part of me that thinks, what do people think of me doing this. And do you I think guess, it's sort of self-indulgent in one way? Not self-indulgent. I think I'm worried people will think get over it. And mm. I know like that's just my innermost um, kind of shame coming out mm-hmm. saying but at the same time there's something that compels me to do it because I want to keep their memory alive or I want people to know that Look, I mean, maybe why we started this podcast in the first place. I want people to know that grief is real and that it, you can miss someone and that it's okay to continue to miss someone. Um you know, do you think Irish people, maybe we are a little bit judgmental when it comes to, say, sharing your grief online, especially when it comes to, say, somebody you don't know, like a celebrity or um, somebody maybe in the local area? Do you think that is something that people feel a little bit judgmental about? Not the people that I would be friendly with. Yeah. I don't think they would. But I really enjoy, not enjoy is the wrong word, yeah. but I think it's nice to see people honouring, say, parents, because, you know, you might be in your 20s, not making the journey home as often from Dublin. And I think seeing people reminding you like you're going to miss somebody a Mm. lot is a reminder like to actually cherish the moments you have with somebody and to be like, you know, your mum and dad aren't going to be around forever. Mm. And it's a reminder for good manners, Mm. I think. And also just like good for your soul to stay in touch with people and your family. And, you know, you don't want to have a regret because somebody passed who I know a couple of years ago and... um, I remember hearing about her death and I was really sad, but I was also felt guilty because I felt um, I felt guilty for missing spending time with her and not mm. making the effort to hang out with her as much. And then that clouded her passing. I felt really bad about my feelings around it. But yeah. I do think social media, if you see somebody loses somebody and they're like, you know, hold on to them while you mm. have them. I think that's a really nice mm. kind of jolt to be like, oh, that's something I need to take on board. Yeah. That we're only here once mm. in my worldview. Do you also think from a mental health point of view and the sort of getting it out mm-hmm. rather than keeping it in, like you might be at home on a Friday evening feeling a bit and then you go, oh, I'll put something up. And then when people respond, it sort of opens up the conversation again. Yeah, because say me and Sasha didn't meet each other, but we would have been messaging back and forth and sometimes talking to a stranger mm-hmm. who follows you on social media. Like they wouldn't be like a stranger, stranger, but mm-hmm. somebody who you feel like, you know, and that you identify with that might be a really nice, calming mm-hmm. way cheap therapy as well (laughs) but it is I mean and it is sort of I think you know it brings people as we were saying earlier back together and I certainly find I mean I would use Twitter quite a lot and there was a lot of people after Martin passed away that came to me through Twitter or found me there was actually somebody who whose husband had passed away and it was quite public because it was a very tragic accident and she got in touch with me on Twitter just actually quite recently it turned out that, because I, I was saying to her, oh, Martin had watched the news of your husband when your mm. husband passed away and was saying how shocking it was. And it turned out that she actually knew Martin from when he ran, ran clubs 
in Dublin and also because he was from Drada and she was from yeah. Dundalk so they knew each other wow. in this weird sort of way and that was sort of quite comforting in one way that there's other people in the same position they come to you and they have stories and you mightn't have met this person before but they know something about the person you lost that you might know and also if you think of the idea of a wake like the digital wake maybe <laughs> is what's happening because like yeah. I don't I've never been to a proper wake as they're described like in books about Irish history mm. and stuff where people are gathering in the pub I've been in the pub at funerals mm. yeah but I've never been at that sharing of stories so mm. you could look at messaging yeah. as a way that mm. you actually have it in writing and a kind of digital library to go back and reflect on stories about yeah. somebody after my mom died I wrote an article for the Guardian and for years I have received messages through Facebook people sending me friend requests and on Twitter and on Instagram people finding me mm. and telling me their story and it has been so cathartic to talk to people I don't know as well yeah. um, but also to be able to to share like you're saying share a little bit about the people that you love that you lost um, what this podcast is all about too um, can I ask you guys we talk about this one a little bit it's a little bit of a f- funny one but like etiquette around condolences or when you post because that was a big thing actually for me when Martin died because on the Sunday it's amazing I mean I think it's really you know word of mouth is huge Mm. I was actually amazed one of my neighbours rang Debbie Allen in work and said there's an ambulance outside the house is that your friend's house so that's how she found out before so it's Dublin so small but I sort of said on the Sunday I didn't want nothing on Facebook because also I have friends in Spain and France Mm. whatever that would be close that are on Facebook and there should still be some protocol about how people are told Mm. people shouldn't have to read it online or you know you write a list of people who need to be told and then they're told and you should be able to control that absolutely and then they're told you ring whatever and you get a friend Mm. to do that or whatever but it is something I find actually we personally had made this decision well I made the decision that I didn't want anything up on Facebook when I woke up the next morning um, two people had put it up on Facebook that night so it was out there and That's I was so I found that really I, to this day it still rankles with me because I, I specifically expre- said especially because Don't you have do kids it. so there's also the element yeah, of yeah. just wanting to make yeah. sure that for whatever reason that doesn't get into their world or if you want to contain it to a certain degree but I think that's I I think this huge protocol around that and I think that you know it's something that should be should be talked about more Mm. is it's not somebody's right Mm. to post something without express permission yeah I do think modern etiquette is a funny one because you know they you know, everyone knows you don't eat before everyone else gets served at the table. Mm. Like, that's kind of ingrained in people. But we mm. don't really seem to have a digital etiquette. No. Like, we have table manners, but we don't have digital manners. No. That's Why being, is that, though? It, maybe it's new. Mm. And also, how do you teach that in school? Mm. Well, I mean, if, if kids the, are taught in school... But it's technology and the internet and is our, is our lives and yeah. our future and social media is our future, then maybe actually that's something... We at, should yeah. be, you like know, we're taught kids to are being write taught. letters, yeah, yeah, and nobody yeah. writes letters anymore. <laughs> but you're taught how to yeah. write a letter. I think yeah. it's really important because also I think the um, the wishing a condolence via a, a message, like a, a mm. post on a, a comment or something, like yeah. post. I think if you're friendly, with, close friends with someone, it has to go a little beyond that. I do uh. think you should reach out and send a text if you don't feel comfortable calling pick up the phone, send an email, drop a note in. Mm. Because just writing, I'm sorry for your loss, if you are close with somebody under a Facebook comment, I, I don't know, I think we 
we, we sometimes think we're ticking a box or maybe that's okay well I said my, my, my I'm, I'm sorry yeah but really like that person is going through the worst time in their whole life they probably uh, that just that one step further will make quite a difference in them feeling like you care and that you are uh, actually registering what's happened it's an interesting point now because I think that this is you know, it's 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 time if this is the if this is how we communicate and this is how we socialize to a certain degree, then somebody should come up with a set of rules that's <laughs> yeah. agreed that this is how you do it. I was having this conversation actually with somebody the other night. We'd been out somewhere. There's a few people there that didn't want to be on social mm. media and whether, you know, pictures should have been put up mm. or whether it should have just been a night out where there was no pictures. Yeah. Because also I think as well, like from my point of view, you've nights out where you're in great form and you, you just go, yeah, I'm going out and I'm really going to enjoy this. Or mm. But there's other nights where you might just feeling a bit crap yeah. and you don't necessarily want mm. pictures of you out because other people might take it the wrong way mm. that oh look she's great she's fine she's fine do you know yeah. what I mean she's out of the chair mm. four o'clock in the morning yay do you know what I mean? no but it's true it's mm. sort of like a sort of so I think with the whole social media thing people need to use their cop on and there has to be some sort of etiquette around particularly when somebody passes away because I think people just you, you know it's hugely emotional it's a massive thing. And you could see the way, certainly around when Martin died, when a couple of people put stuff up, it was sort of like there was a photo up and it was, you know, and I, it, it, it's just, I think it's so wrong. And I think there has to be that. If somebody says no, it means mm. no. It's the same when somebody has a yeah. new baby and they yeah. might want to keep to themselves yeah. for 48 hours yeah. or whatever. Or for life. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, okay, don't put anything up. And then the next thing, oh, congratulations, <laughs> blah, blah. It's like, oh. And then people get you know, really, like, they get annoyed they at being get told not to yeah. take photos at yeah. something. Yeah, they mm. do. It's weird. The other thing that's interesting that we, I want, just want to touch on real quick would be um, celebrity grief and, and, cause, and social media, right? Mm. Because a lot of times we do feel a real deep sadness when someone that we've loved their art or we've loved what they do. But there's definitely a lot of judgment around that. I know that, like, when Anthony Bourdain died, like, <gasps> well, yeah. I mean, I was genuinely oh, so like, was I. heartbroken. Well, also couldn't... because he was Martin's favorite person oh. ever. And I was just like, oh. But, like, anybody else, I wouldn't yeah. really go there because I don't know them. I mean, I'd interviewed Anthony Bourdain, not that that made any difference, although I felt it did. Yeah, so, yeah, I, you yeah. Know, I felt like I had had that t- chance to, to spend yeah, time yeah. with him. But at the same time, people do feel... Not heartbroken in any way the same as if they've lost someone they love, but a connection to these people. And and can you chat a little bit about that at all, Jean? Because it is something that's like very common. Now that we kind of find out on social that like, say, when David Bowie died or, or Prince, Prince died, yeah. and people are rattled. They mm. like really feel and they want to share. But do you not think it's a bit disconcerting that everyone's suddenly the world's biggest oh. Prince fan <laughs> as well? Do you know what I mean? It sort of feels a bit insincere. I don't know, like sometimes it's, uh, you know, oh, it's trending. Mm. I need to have a comment. You know, everyone thinks they're a spokesperson or someone mm. of worth <laughs> or of importance. But other times I'm like, no, you, you could be really sad. Like Tom Petty died. And I found that really, really sad because mm. I loved his songs. Mm. And then like a lot of the deaths you're seeing now are changed by um, the opiate crisis as well. And Anthony Bourdain's is also kind of dragged into the new cycle. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're really sad deaths and... I just think like art, you know, you respond to it like books. People reread the same books all the time. And if it affects you, it affects you. Like you can't really control your feelings around that sort of stuff that like, mm. oh, this person's never going to make anything again. Anthony Bourdain, I'm never going to see a new show of him mm. being nice and listening to people around the world. Yeah. You know, because he was a different kind of celebrity. He came into us once. I interviewed him and he was a very, I mean, 
such a charming man yeah. and such like he had a huge presence. I mean, I think out of all the people I've interviewed, it's the only person that I was completely starstruck <laughs> by and felt it a little bit sort of like I did the worst interview ever because I was but he was quite he, no yeah was, he was gorgeous Gorge. but only like he's that's good to say right but anyway, um, but he had a huge presence yeah. and he was somebody for us that we mm. as a couple loved yeah. and I know also that if Martin was alive would have been devastated I don't think he can control I feel like Heath Ledger's death I'm still really upset yeah, about because no, was, 10 yeah, things yeah. I hate about you I was like <laughs> that was my mm. I love that film mm. and like it's one of my favourite romantic comedies so when he died and like to this day I still get sad about Heath Ledger dying because yeah. I'm like God he didn't have to you know yeah. that kind of and maybe so that's sad. part of it is that um, especially with like say Anthony Bourdain and Heath Ledger like these are the, the people that are kind of one of a kind and you, you you almost need them to keep going so that you can like, there's special people in the world yeah, and yeah, yeah. when you hear that they succumb to those really really dark things um, like suicide or drugs or something like that it, it, it kind of shakes what your hope is Jean thank you so much um, I think this is a conversation that a lot of people are going to continue to have mm. for a long time until we as you said uh, Venetia find our feet with our etiquette yes. um, it's a big it's a big thing um, and uh, yeah thanks for coming on Jean thank, thank you okay, thanks so much Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.